Hello, welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am your hostess, Mickey, uh, aka Hockey She Wrote, and I am back. Um, I am assuming a lot of you follow me on social media, um, mostly Twitter. So you have probably seen that I was gone in Disney World for a week. Um, I posted quite a few pictures of myself in different places just because. <laughs> um, anyway, just, you know, I'm not going to get totally into Disney World stuff, but I will say that we had a really great time. Uh, we, both my kids like Star Wars. My son really likes Star Wars. My daughter used to, she kind of, you know, was off that train, but we rode both of the brand new, brand new ish, uh, Star Wars rides. And they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. We also, as a family, love the Haunted Mansion. So we did that twice. Uh, overall, we just, it was a really nice week away. I really wish somehow I could have timed it to be the same as All-Star Break because I did miss both games that the Wild played last week. Um, to be fair, I I totally missed the Chicago one. And the one against the Penguins, I did I did tune in and watch um, Fleury's ceremony at the beginning for his thousandth game and um, 552 wins. So I did watch that. I watched the first period. I, I, like I wanted to try to stay up and I just couldn't. Um, if any of you, first of all, just being on the East Coast was just, an, you know, everything's an hour later, which I am so sorry to all of my East Coast listeners because that really sucks, <laughs> especially when they play on the West Coast, as they are going to do tonight. As I'm recording, it is Monday in the wild play in Las Vegas tonight, and the game starts at nine o'clock Midwest time. And that's really late, you guys, <laughs> to start the game. Um, it feels a little bit like last year when the playoffs, they're, you know, the wild, they're playing the stars. And for some reason, all of the games started at like 10 o'clock at night. Anyway, I'm not going to whine too much. I'm just excited to be home and be able to watch uh, because I, I miss hockey. I missed it. It is really weird to go, you know, more than a week without watching hockey. And obviously, they had the all-star break before that. And I was going to, I'm looking at my calendar here because I'm trying to remember, like, did I, did I watch a game? Nope. Nope, there were no other games like before I left. So it has been a really long time for me without hockey. Um, I did watch some PWHL, so it's not like it has been totally without hockey. But just, you know, besides having, you know, NHL or PWHL, I, we also were gone. So even my little mini mic guy has not practiced hockey. So, I mean, it's just it's been really weird to be outside of a rink for that long. I'm rambling, but that's okay. Um, so a lot of things happened while I was gone because of course they did. Uh, and actually I'm just looking now at my uh, notifications here on my phone and the Minnesota Wild PR just announced that they had activated Connor Dewar from the injured reserve list, which um, we all saw coming because he has been practicing with them for a little while here. A couple of days or so, and they have placed Marcus Foligno on injured reserve, which I do not like to see. <laughs> um, it's always, and that was one of those things that I missed because he was injured in the second period, I believe, of 
Was it the Chicago game? No, it wasn't because that was when he fought the guy in Chicago. It must have been during the Pittsburgh game. Again, I'm just trying to get through all of my thoughts here because just a lot going on. Um, and I'm looking to see if there's anything else, but I don't think there's a lot of other stuff going on here. Um, but also, we got word that Pat Maroon had successful back surgery. Uh, we did not know that he needed back surgery, as far as I know, but I'm glad that it's successful. He'll be out for, I think they said, four to six weeks. So hopefully he can heal quickly and um, just be back. Um, he's. I feel like he's just such a large presence and not always on the ice, although he has been so much better than anyone thought he would be. I'm, you know, he just, he's been playing so well and he, they really need his voice in the locker room too, because they are struggling. The Chicago game again, I didn't watch it, but I heard that even though they won, it was a terrible game, like a terrible game. The first and second lines, like the top lines just absolutely did not show up. I, they were still on vacation, I guess. Thank goodness for the third and mostly the fourth line is who really saved that game. That was the game where uh, Jake Lucini had his first goal in a wild sweater, which was very exciting. Uh, and just uh, Letary, I believe, also had a goal. Just having the fourth line score is always so joyful. <laughs> it was those two in Duhame, and they really just pulled the weight. Of the whole team. So, you know, thank you to the fourth line and be sure that if any of those guys are your emotional support fourth liners, that you thank them or you just, you know, send them some positive thoughts or something. We also, to yesterday, they once again <laughs> recalled Adam Beckman and there was like a, a big uproar. So they recalled Beckman at the end of the All Star break for NHL and brought him up and healthy scratched him twice and then sent him back down. <laughs> but the worst part was that there was this whole big thing about like, this is Beckman's chance. This is his big shot. You know, he last year just really wasn't able to harness his power to really show what he had and, you know, spent it in Iowa and that's fine. He did like, he played great. He was good down there. Um, he kind of needed some more time to get his footing under him. And this year he has really, he was injured for a little period of time, but he's really come back from that and playing well in Iowa. So they had pulled him up again. They made this big deal about how it was his shot. This is, oh, he's got to really make an impression here. And then they didn't even put him in the lineup. And I do understand why, because, you know, in that Chicago game, like I said, the fourth line just was phenomenal. And if anyone, he would have been replacing Lucini. They would have sent Lucini down and put Beckman in. And Lucini played like an absolute pro. So there was no way they were going to take him out for the Pittsburgh game. So Beckman got sent back down to Iowa. They played over the weekend in Iowa. Um, and he's back now. So we will kind of see where he's at. As I said, they have Dewar back in the lineup. And Felino out. Uh, so let's see, I'm trying to quickly do all of this, like, arranging in my head here. It just, uh, Letary is also back. 
like I said, in Chicago, you know, he had a, a broken foot. He's healed from that. He's back. He's doing good. Um, Adam Raska was sent back down to Iowa. I'm excited to see if he comes back because I do really enjoy his game too. I feel like he just has so much energy. Even in Iowa, some of the social media stuff, he is just like bursting with energy. He just seems so um, happy and joyful and just kind of a positive presence. And that, you know, that that's always something that I enjoy to see. So we also have Declan Chisholm, who should be in the lineup soon. I don't believe he's going to be in tonight, but he was the defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Jets <laughs> that the Wild picked up off of waivers right before the NHL All-Star break, maybe right after. Again, all these weeks are blending together for me because there was no hockey, and then I spent time in Disney World where everything is just... <sighs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but you can take that how you want it to. But he should be in soon. And I was just listening to the Worst Seats in the House podcast from this past week. So, like, you know, it's probably five days old or so. And Russo was saying, like, he doesn't really have a lot of insight on Chisholm, but he would compare him almost to um, like a Carson Lambos kind of a style. So I'm really interested to get him in and see how he is doing. I was also listening to the um, Ride in the Bus Iowa Wild podcast. I have only gotten a little ways in, so I have not actually gotten through the Mason Straw interview, which I really want to listen to right after I'm done with this, probably. But Will Butcher was another, was the defenseman that they traded for. And it sounds like he is fitting in well in Iowa and he's really um, making a presence as a veteran. You know, I'm not sure how he's doing on the ice or, or anything, but I know that it is already nice to have another veteran player down there to help while, you know, while Minnesota keeps pulling them up, <laughs> pulling up the rest of the veteran guys. Um, and as I mentioned, Mason Shaw, so he is back on the ice. For his first few games, he kind of, he was lacking speed, his normal speed. He just needed some more time to kind of get back up to pace. It sounds like he has done that. And I think he's gotten four points in the last, like, nine games or so. He's really been a big presence on the ice. He's gotten that extra step back, so he's his speed is there. And originally, it was kind of this whole, like, well, you know, if he takes some time to get his speed back, he probably won't come up to Minnesota this season which is fine. You know, obviously he's back on the ice and he's making strides, but then all of a sudden now he's been just leaps and bounds, you know, from this surgery. He has, let's see, he scored an overtime winner, I believe this past weekend. And just overall, it's looking more and more like if Minnesota has a playoff spot or hopes for a playoff spot, um, and I'm just going to say with my rose-colored glasses that I believe they will. But they will most likely sign Shaw to an NHL contract now because with Spurgeon out, they do have that that um, seven million, six million or so cap space that they can exceed the salary cap now. So they could very easily fit in an NHL deal for Mason Shaw, simply because he's not going to, you know, he just came off of his ELC, so he's not going to. You know, he's probably going to be like just above league minimum, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, but I would say at the most, he'd be maybe one million. 
Now, don't trust me for um, contract uh, advice or anything. Just like my uh, refusal to deal mostly in stats, I also am, first of all, terrible at estimating anything numerical. And second of all, don't know that much about contracts. Mostly what I know is just by reading and listening widely and then putting all the information together that people think is going to happen. So hopefully you understood what that meant. I'm just, I'm getting back in the swing of things with the podcast too, you know? Uh, so one more thing was that Jonas Brodeen was sick. He was out. He was sick. Um, he is back in the lineup now, but I know that he lost weight while he was sick. And that, I mean, he's not a guy that has weight to lose. So I know that was a bit concerning, but he has looked pretty good from what I hear. Cause again, I didn't watch anyway. I am excited to see how he's doing tonight against the Vegas golden Knights tonight should be interesting because the Knights, while they m might not be, oh, I'm sorry, I'm shaking this camera. Um, the Knights are still a very competitive team. You know, they have, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to beat. And Minnesota really needs to step up their game. And thankfully, against Pittsburgh, they did. Because, you know, Chicago, they managed to win, but just barely. Now they won against the Penguins, and that was great. But they really need to step up even more. So there were, and I guess, you know what, I'm going to jump ahead in my notes here. Not that you guys can see that. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, he had his 1,000th game celebration and celebration for his 552nd win on last Friday before the Pittsburgh Penguins game, which turned out so well. Like, I wonder when the NHL put the schedule together, I have no idea how far in advance they planned some of these things, but I wonder if that was kind of a thought on their mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they were like, you know what, Fleury is going to reach these these um, big milestones. And wouldn't it be cool if he could also celebrate with his old buddies in Pittsburgh? So let's make sure that we can get all that um, lined up. I'm sure that had nothing to do with it and it was just a happy coincidence. But I'm going to prefer to think that somebody had that in the back of their mind as they were making the schedule. So uh, a few other things. This is kind of, I'm kind of, oh, I, you know what? No, I'm not done. Not done the celebration. It was really fun to watch the celebration. I was actually, I've talked about this 10 gazillion times, but I was in the rink for the uh, celebration for Alex Goligoski's 1000th game. And no matter what, it's such, there's so many emotions that surround these ceremonies because these really are elite milestones. You know, it takes a lot to play a thousand games in the NHL. And that's just as a skater. And I've talked about Flurry, and he, no one else is ever going to reach these milestones again. It is not physically possible. It is not numerically possible. It is not, it, it's not going to happen. And so having that kind of added extra layer on top of what is already an amazing accomplishment really just, it was special to watch even on TV. 
you know, I, I cried at Galagoski's ceremony when I was there in person. I cried watching Flurry's ceremony on TV. And, you know, they pulled out a win for him, which is really overall just, just amazing, you know, and against his old team, his some of his old buddies got to kind of be front row to that. And in some ways, they almost couldn't be upset about a loss, you know, because it still meant that Flurry won. And Mark Henry Flurry is amazing. I to still be doing what he does at his age and not look like he's missing a step. You know, he had a little bit of a slump at the beginning of the year, but it wasn't a slump because he's aging, you know? So just seeing him win that game and seeing him, seeing his kids and his wife and everyone just so excited. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I've kind of run out of words because it's just, again, so emotional. And even just watching the video that the wild put together is emotional. Seeing his passion on the ice and how much he loves the game of hockey. He is not out there just because it's a job. He is out there because he loves what he does. I am going to segue a little bit because this is kind of a, a tangent here. But one thing that my husband and I were discussing while we were away on our Disney trip was about how much it is great to see when people love their job. Because at Disney, for the most part, I mean, everybody is happy. All the all the employees, um, everybody, you know, from the people who are cleaning or emptying the trash to the security guards outside of the park to, you know, any of the character performers or anyone who is selling food or souvenirs. You know, everyone is just happy. And it's just a really fun atmosphere. But it even went to, we had a bus driver at one point uh, driving, you know, shuttling us from the hotel back to or like from the park back to the hotel or something. And he was just, he would come on the loudspeaker and, oh, he was just like having so much fun. And we sang someone happy birthday. And then uh, he told us that it had been his anniversary the day before. And so we were all congratulating him and uh, just so much fun. And then we also, on the flight home, before we took off from Orlando, the pilot came down the aisle and any kid that he saw, he gave them a coloring sheet of a, an airplane, a little pack of crayons, and then, you know, like the little wing pin. And he said, if you color this in and you give it to me at the end of the flight, then I'll give you a little rubber duck. So both of my kids colored it. And I think almost all the kids on the flight did. And he, they got a little rubber duck at the end. And he was telling us that he does this on all of his flights. And when he retires in a few years, he he saves all the pictures. He plans on bringing them all into like the Delta headquarters and hanging them up and just showing people. And it's amazing when when you love what you do. He's like this pilot was just so passionate. And he also um, made two like balloon animal hats that had like a balloon airplane on the top that he even used like a marker to draw um, like a happy face on it and then like windows on the sides and I mean it, like a somewhat intricate balloon hat I and I'm not a balloon artist but just the fact that he likes what he does so much that he brings the, those things to work every day um, 
we did have a good laugh when we were imagining how he goes about telling his co-pilot, you know, if it's a co-pilot who flies with him for the, for the first time, how do you think he broaches the subject of like, hey, by the way, in the middle of the flight, I'm going to need you to take over because I need to make a few balloon hats for the kids. Um, so just be aware. <laughs> I just I just love that um, the visual of that. So I have already rambled quite a bit, but I have one, two, three more things. So this is starting my oh, future considerations in a bag full of pucks section, aka miscellaneous. So first of all, the Felino brothers managed to anger Taylor Swift fans by saying that their wives were hotter. <laughs> and the fact that it that I actually angered people, I hope no one was actually angry because they literally were just saying like, we're married and we love our wives. And again, that was a, the Chicago game that I didn't watch, but I did see the fight where Folino was fighting Tenorti, who is like a huge guy apparently. And then at the end of the fight, they they zoom in on his brother's face on the Chicago bench. And he is just like, just out of it, like just staring into space out of it. And it, <laughs> even just thinking of it again makes me laugh. There has also been even more with the Coyotes and their arena and moving to Salt Lake City. And if, if they do that, then that means that probably Atlanta will get another team, which I, you know, I, I don't know. I, the ex do we need to expand? I don't think we need more teams. And maybe that's just me. But I mean, there are places that have two or three teams. Instead of, then I guess, you know, not that I necessarily want to move the teams, but I just, it's such a weird thing for me. And someone else said that instead of expanding the league, maybe they should work with the PWHL to expand that league and in tangent with the NHL. So any city that has an NHL team would also eventually have a PWHL team and really help grow that game. And I like that idea a lot more because, um, Again, on the Worst Seats in the House podcast, they were even talking about the fact that even if the Coyotes move to Salt Lake City, the NHL still wants to keep a foothold in Arizona, and so they would eventually bring a team back there anyway. And I know that, you know, they're having trouble with this arena. They're playing in Mullet Arena. They can't figure out where to build another arena, how they're going to build it, how they're going to get the money, whatever. But it just... I think it'd be ridiculous to move it and then just put a new team there. And then Michael Russo also had some kind of a quip about the social media Arizona page gone, having gone rogue. And honestly, they haven't gone rogue. I feel like they are the most in-touch social media page of the NHL. I think it's okay to do hilarious funny memes. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is the Slapshot heard around the world. And I know this has been talked about and talked about. I just want to mention it because it's a thing that happened and it's a thing that uh, was uh, spurred this conversation that I don't think needs to be a conversation. So Ridley Grieg, uh, Senator's rookie, was coming on the ice. The um, Maple Leafs had an empty net and he went to shoot the puck in the net instead of just like pushing it. He did a slap shot. And apparently that was 
so egregious to Morgan Riley that he had to cross-check him directly in the face. And people are on Riley's side? I... I don't get it. Who cares how someone shoots it into an empty net? I... I guess I am not an NHL player, but I still don't think I would even think to do that. Now, there was also Ryan Reeves. Um, as I have said, ever since he left the wild and he injured Goudreau and all that stuff, he has been on my schnit list. And then he comes up after this, because he's on the leaves. I don't know if people on the leaves. Sorry, I said leaves. It's leaves. Um, he's on the leaves. I don't know if people know that because uh, he's barely been on the ice, but he does still play in Toronto. But he came up with this whole like, oh, back in the day when I started, blah, 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 blah. No. That he cross-checked him into the in the head. Now, you know what? I, I get being angry and I get maybe going over and starting a shoving match or I, I don't I don't know, doing something. I get, okay. I would not I would not condone it, but I would understand it. But like this was again such a just wild response that no, it's not okay. And the fact that Ryan Reeves is out here trying to blah, 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 it's fine. No. It just, it's not. Okay, I'm going to get off of these tangents now because I rambled enough about hockey and Walt Disney World and how excited I am for hockey to be back into my life. So with that, I have a few closing things, which is if you are watching the video, you will see as I stand up that I am wearing my Hot Girl Hockey Club shirt. If you are interested in any Hot Club, Hot Girl Hockey Club merch or just general her wild side hockey podcast merch uh that link will be in the show notes remember we have shirts but we also have stickers there are coffee mugs there's all sorts of just fun stuff and we are gonna continually work to put new things in the shop because it's fun and that's the only reason also if you are watching the audio i'm gonna see if i can i always forget where it is on my little thing here i'm gonna put up an overlay. So one of the ways that you can support our show and the Inside the Rink network in general is to get your Ticketmaster tickets through our affiliate link. So on the video, I have an overlay with a QR code. And I will also in the show notes have a link. Now, this is for any tickets, not just hockey tickets. If you are going to be buying tickets through Ticketmaster for anything, uh, concert, hockey game, magic show, dog races, I don't know, um, whatever, whatever you need tickets for. I would love if you would please use our link to help support our network and get these things going. Uh, again, that will be in our, in my show notes, along with a few other uh, affiliate links that we have for other companies that still also help support us. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a lot of words, but I think you got what I meant. So anyway, I'm going to end this recording and I will be back in a couple of days with another episode. And until then, I would like you all to put the positive vibes out for the Minnesota Wild and the PWHL Minnesota team. And uh, just, you know what? You are beautiful. You are hot. Everyone's in the Hot Girl Hockey Club because everyone is welcome here. And I love all of you. So until next time, I will see you later.